Yo, Matt, first thing I want for us this week is a little recognition because we've been dogging picks over the past, like, three weeks, and no one knows about it except for us. Yeah, no one's giving us credit where credit is due. Yeah, I feel like we're getting a ton of everything nailed right. The money's been coming in on this side, Peter. <laughs> That's a fact, actually. The last two weeks, we have been nailing a ton of picks. And especially the fact if you if you run it back to last week's episode, um, we said that the Lakers were going to win in five because Jamal Murray's girlfriend wasn't there, so – uh <laughs> yeah we uh we also said um uh what's it called the falcons are gonna choke uh that dallas game that one came true last week and this week you said that dude they gotta get dan quinn the fuck out of there man holy shit it wasn't hard to predict this but we did say that the indianapolis Colts are gonna win by more than 30 <laughs> so um and getting into our first um well before we even get into it i just want to say i called the two biggest fights Last night in the UFC card. I mean, it wasn't like crazy picks, but I, I no, still the, want the some. The event for. was definitely a um, a great pick, considering you, uh, how much of an underdog he was. Mm. So don't discredit yourself there. And everyone who's listening, yes, we've been nailing these picks. So for our gamblers out there, please take a listen and pay attention because we really we've been ferocious, yo. <laughs> if you have more money than us and you're willing to spend it, if you're willing to gamble, just listen to some of our picks. All right. Yes. Oh, so we don't encourage gambling. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800, I think it's like Gambler. The line, if you Google gambling addiction, they'll give you the hotline. But And on that, episode 21, we're <laughs> back, Matthew. Welcome back, Peter. I'm ready. I'm hype. I'm energized. I'm ready to go. I don't want to tell people I feel sick because then they'll think I have corona, but sore throat, everything's good. How are you? I'm, I'm a lot better than you are. I'll tell you that. Oh, thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I'm I'm not feeling that great in the mental department because of uh, this sure massacre that we watched take place. But we're not going to get into that right now because this is a happy place. Yeah, <laughs> Peter's referencing the Jets. Our Jets losing probably was it by thirty? They lost twenty nine. Actually, See, also speaking of us nailing predictions, I nailed the um, Jets losing by twenty plus on Twitter earlier today too. That is true. Yes, sir. Um. I'm ready to jump right into this episode, episode 21. You came up with a hot fire, okay, uh, for the content list. Shout out, Peter, as always. Let's dive right into it. Wait, so wait, first... wait, 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 wait. Before I want to say, I wanted to say something. We're about to talk UFC, uh, 253 results and reactions, and then get into what's next for the two champions of the night. But before we do that, I wanted to say, everyone who is listening, can you go check out that interview that we just did with the UFC commentator himself, Brendan Fitzgerald? He actually commentated on some of the early prelims uh, that you guys probably watched from last night's fight. We're recording this on Sunday, so Saturday night's fight. So everyone, I actually was surprised we didn't get as much love on that one. If you YouTube only. YouTube only, by the yeah, way. It's on YouTube. Uh, the whole video, he's a dope guy, but everyone who's listening should definitely check the interview out because it's dope. Gets a lot of insight. Also, some funny um, comments. Some really funny stories, too. And especially yeah. about Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> he said but, the most uh, Joe Rogan thing, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was definitely. He. I don't. I don't want to. You know, respectfully saying, he was probably my favorite interview, just because it felt like I was talking to someone that I've known for like 15 years. So. Yeah, and also, I'm actually glad that I brought this up before because one thing that we didn't capture was like the first 20 minutes of him joining the call for us to do our interview. We ended up talking about New York and Boston sports for like literally 20 minutes, and that would. That's how we knew we were gonna get good. He literally told us like, "You guys should have been recording already," because we were talking for like 20 minutes prior. He's a yeah. cool stand-up guy, um, so everyone go check that out. Yeah, for sure. So, like what you said, 
UFC was last night, so Saturday night, if you're listening on Monday, Tuesday, whatever day you're listening to. Uh, UFC 253, this was a much-anticipated card. Yeah, uh, obviously everyone was hyping the Israel Adesanya Paulo Costa fight for fight of the year. That's what uh, Dana White was saying. Well, it didn't really meet <laughs> that expectation, but overall it was still a great card. Um, There's a couple on the prelim that I wanted to get yeah, into. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're gonna, I want to talk about um, a lot of the fights because the whole card through it was good. So st- you wanted to start off with some prelim fights. Yeah, I just I, this one's just purely like banter. I just wanted to say – the first one that I want to talk about is Ludovic Klein versus Shane Young. And that's my favorite name in all of UFC is Ludovic Klein. So I just wanted to say that. That was literally the only thing I wanted to say about that. But he improves 17 and 2. What is he? He's a featherweight, right? Yeah. And I, I actually wanted to add on to the fight because I, I had him. I picked him to win that. He was like a slight favorite because the dude, Shane Young, who he was fighting, his only loss came to the current featherweight champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, before he was the champ. So uh, I already knew that was going to be an interesting fight, but Klein had an insane – that was a crazy knockout, uh, that fight. Yeah. It came out – I think it was a head kick. I don't remember, but it was from literally out of nowhere. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And before you bring up the one after that, uh, because I have to say something about that fight too, I just wanted to bring up the first prelim, which was William Knight, the kid from CT, Mm -hmm. I believe Hartford, who was also a plus-125 underdog coming in, who I also picked to win. Um. I didn't really know much about the other guy who he was fighting, but I knew William Knight was – he's like – he has such a crazy come-up story. If you guys want to Google it, he weighed like 300 pounds, uh, lost it all. And he's – dude, if you watch this dude's figure, like you think Paul Acosta's huge. Look at William Knight. He looks like a – He's smashing in the light heavyweight division too right now. Yeah, he's an animal. So he was – I'm pretty sure he was on Dana White's contender series, so I'm happy that a dude with a great heart got a win and in dominant fashion. And then we'll move on to the other uh, one that you want to talk about. Yeah, real quick, the, the welterweight one between uh, Jake Matthews and Diego Sanchez. Um, the first thing I want to say is, I, I mean, this was kind of, I, I don't want to say predictable, but, you know, Diego Sanchez kind of, he's getting up there in age, right? Yeah, um, I already know where you're going with this. Well, I was just going to say it was a little, a little surprising that I think it went to a decision. I thought that was a little surprising. Yeah, I, I would credit, I was, this is, that's a great uh, starting talking point because, uh, Diego Sanchez, I've said for a while, I think needs to retire after the last fight he had. I don't remember who he fought. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now because I have it here. No, I don't. I don't remember who he fought last, <laughs> but he looked really bad, to be honest with you. And he just, like, I'm not discrediting anything. This dude has done so much for the sport. He's 44 professional fights. He's got nothing left to prove at this point. <laughs> yeah, and he was the first Ultimate Fighter winner. But, like, you could just tell that he is so outmatched with anyone that he fights. And, J- like you said, the Jake Matthews thing, um, you're surprised he didn't get finished. Same. I think Jake Matthews kind of was taking his time. He's kind of using – it seemed like he was sparring him almost. Like he didn't – he could have really went out there guns blazing, but he wanted to just be technical, so I respect it. But it was domination, even though it went to a decision. Yeah, it was. They got to think about him retiring, I think, at this point. It's been sad. Him and Cerrone and – Cerrone is getting embarrassing at this point. Yeah, (laughs) so they got to look into that. (laughs) You want to move on to the main card real quick? Yeah, just – and the last prelim, I just might as well mention it. It was Alex De Silva versus Brad Riddle. I also took Brad Riddle, but I don't know why I nailed all these prelims. But Alex De Silva, um, that was a close, a really close fight. He was winning in the early rounds, but it seemed like he got tired, and Brad Riddle just weathered the storm. That's literally how that fight went, so good win for him. That lightweight division, also to mention, is so talented that none of these guys were ranked, and it was literally such a good, skilled match. Everyone was tweeting about it, saying these yeah. are two high-class fighters, so the fact that they're both not ranked just shows you how deep the lightweight division is. Exactly. exactly. And then we'll, we'll move on to the main card. You want to talk uh, 
we can go through all of them. Really. I really just wanted to talk about before we get to the the co-main and the main event. I just want to talk about Brandon Royval beating a uh, Kai Kara France. Um. Yeah, that was um, a his his. You know what his physique reminds me of uh, Brandon Royval. It look, kind of looks like Nate Diaz the way he looks. Yeah, his physique. But um, yeah, that was a good fight. Um, he he looked pretty impressive through uh, both. That was. Um, because, I mean, this is just the way that I think. I always think of, like, the lighter guys, like flyweight and stuff like that. I see a lot of decision fights. So, even seeing a finish early on in the second round was was kind of nice, honestly. Yeah, and – You know, you um, don't see power in those in those those lower divisions. I mean, you, obviously, you get one or two guys that could pack a punch. But, you know, you more often than not, you're, you're seeing either a decision or a submission. No, that was a good-ass fight for the light – I mean, the flyweight division because – that division's pretty much dying, really. Like, um, they're having a title fight, and Cody Garbrandt stepping up already just shows you that there's not a lot of contenders to actually fight for the title. So, um, I'm worst happy trash talker in history. Yeah, <laughs> worst chin too. And I'm happy that they, <laughs> I'm happy that they had a good fight for the flyweight division. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, the other one was Vieira versus Sasha Eubanks, or C- I don't know. I think it's Sasha Eubanks. Sahara. Sahara. I'm sorry. Um. I picked her to win as well. I, I was on fire. The only fight I didn't pick, and if you don't believe me, I'll show you my ticket. Um, the only fight that I didn't pick correctly was the main event, but we'll get to that. But yeah, Vieira, I thought she was going to come out more dominant, even though she won. She did dominate the entire fight. She won yeah. the decision, but I thought she would probably knock her out because a lot of people are comparing this girl to Cyborg. So good win for her. Future's bright in that division for her. Amanda Nunez has some competition. And no, then, she doesn't. No. <laughs> no, she doesn't. And then um, – <laughs> Hakeem Dawawu, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He yeah, you got that right. Pronounce this. Uh, I said pronounce this. He fought this. Zabaria. Yeah, Zabaria, this Russian killer who was supposed to come out. And honestly, like, the first round, Hakeem was losing easily. And then this dude, whether this arm came back, uh, outstruck him. He wanted to strike more. This, These dudes had such incredible head movement. It was such a boring fight to watch. Like, in a, unless you like stuff like that. Like, I loved it, but people were complaining it was boring. It was a great fight. They both kind of – it was just very technical. I love fights right. like that. So, mm-hmm. happy he won. Picked him as well. I'm going to show you my ticket if you don't believe me after this. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. But um, now we'll get to the co-main and the main event. Now, I didn't put money on this one because I literally didn't know what it was going to do. It was a toss-up. It really was because – impressive that you picked this, bro. I would have never I, – I, if I – sorry, I'm going, but if uh, – right. I had to pick. I would have bet Reyes, and I didn't think I was confident in him winning, so I didn't. But I didn't think Yan had any shot. You know, besides for the finish in this fight, I'm not gonna lie. It, it was technically it was good. It was kind of boring. Besides for like the last like ten seconds, if you look at it, I mean, like Jan worked the body really well. Like there was a lot of there was a lot of bruising and welts on the legs and on the um I think the right the right side of his ribs for Dom Reyes, and he just kind of came out, and he looked a little defensive, a little scared. Like, Blahovich kind of, like, he's a counter-striker. So, like, he wanted Reyes to come at him, and he wasn't coming at him. So they were kind of feeling himself out for a little while. And, you know, like, I didn't see any power from Dom Reyes's left left side. Yeah. The Dominic Reyes, in my opinion, still looks like a very dominant champion. I mean, a dominant fighter. He has the potential to be a champion. But um, yeah, Jan just outclassed him in this one. And he, in the early, I, I told you this this morning, in the early rounds, it looked like Dom Reyes was a much sharper striker than yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I still think he is. He's more in and out. Yeah. But 
uh, I can't take anything away from you and everyone doubted him except for you, really, honestly. <laughs> he was a two- From the get-go, bro, I was like, yeah, Blahovich is winning. Yeah, and he was a two-to-one um, he was a two-to-one underdog, so I was very surprised by that win. I, I was just impressed by him. I, I do th- I don't know, bro. I just feel weird that this is the future of the lightweight, light heavyweight division. But. Yeah, I mean, considering, like we said before, we didn't really realize how old Blahovich is. He's 37. So, like, you know, and another thing is the division's kind of weak, though. Like, if you get past, like, well, I'm looking, I'm looking at some rankings right now. If my phone will let me, which is weird. It's not. But I think who's the next guy? You got Tiago Santos and you have Glover Teixeira. Glover is older than I'm pretty sure Yan. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, who, you're looking at Tiago Santos, who no, that he was, beat. It, he actually beat Blahovich. Yeah, and the also, TKO. No, that's the only person you can name because he also put up a good performance against John Jones, but he got hurt in the fight. Yeah, um, Tiago Santos is the only name. Other than that, it looks like a pretty weak division. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking that Jan honestly <laughs> might hold that belt for a long time. Yeah. It's just, bro, I, the reason I sound so disappointed by this is because, like, there is no competition. I don't really have a lot to look forward to. I thought it that would have been the same thing with Dom Reyes, though, winning. Either way, you know what I'm saying? Without John Jones, this this division is just bleak. Yeah, I just think it works worse for the UFC because Dom Reyes is much younger and could have just dominated the division, and they could have mm-hmm. sold it just like how they how John Jones have done it. Then they could have had a rematch of all ages. You know, like, mm-hmm. for the UFC, I think Dominic Reyes winning would have helped, but... I don't know. I'm happy for Yan. Like he deserves. It's a good story. Yeah. He's a good story. He deserves Polish power, baby. Yeah, and Polish power. But overall, I'm not really. I don't know. I'm just not like. You're putting me to sleep over here with the way that you're talking right now. (laughs) Like I don't know, because I I really that's how I feel though. Like I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, the initial like happy. Like no, I was I was happy because I was I I like I like Blahovich. That's why I was I was happy, but then afterwards like it kind of set in where i was like damn now now what like like what are they gonna do no fights to make i respect the fact that he called out john jones and he was like i want to fight you like that's dope but i doubt that john jones where are you yeah (laughs) he's scary (laughs) as shit yeah yeah he is yeah polish power the the thing you mentioned about dominic reyes's ribs bruising was so it's a good point because dude i have never seen a leg kick like that and then like instantly the dude. Instant welting and bruising. Yeah, it was insane. That is, that is insane. No, I just think Jan kind of came out like, I, I think it was Anik who was talking, where he was like, "Oh yeah, we talked to Jan," and he was like, <laughs> so calm, cool, and collected. And I'm just like, that's so scary. Like, can you imagine? Like, he this is like, he wasn't like, his first title fight. Yeah, it was. He just so, like, for him, yeah, regular. At, at like 37, your first title fight, you think, oh, you know, like maybe a little jitters. And he's like, no, my Polish power, <laughs> legendary Polish power. No, yeah, he's he's one scary dude. I'm just, yeah. I'm sorry I'm being so like whack on it. It's just, that's really how I feel. Like the future's it's, not looking good for I was just going to say for the future, for now it looks cool. For the future, it's kind of leaves everything up in nope. the air. If this dude wasn't cool, there would be no benefit. In my, like I wouldn't be happy at all. Like if the dude, yeah. if he didn't deserve it, in my opinion, like, Maybe no, I, we wouldn't be talking about this. Well, we'll, we'll see how the rest of it plays out. Yeah, we will. Uh, I'm thinking Tiago Santos is the only logical. If he beats Glover Deshera, though, that's yeah. the thing. And then yeah. you know, if Glover Deshera wins, then it kind of fucks Ugh. up the whole division. So I don't even know. That's a mess. Let's move on to a more um, happy division, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 50-50 even, too, because now I'm kind of lost at this one. But 
this is one thing that I'll say for Israel Adesanya. I, pick, I picked Paulo Costa to win just because I thought he was going to pressure him like he pressured you over Romero. But I'm not going to even sit here and talk about why Paulo Costa fought like shit. I'm going to sit here and talk about Israel Adesanya being probably one of the best strikers in the UFC yep. MMA. Yep. And honestly, this dude did nothing but deserve me to just talk good on his name because I'm personally not a fan of him. I, I like Adesanya. Cringe a little bit too much. I think he's boring. Well, I thought he was boring. It just it it just proves it literally like lives up to his his moniker of style bender. Like like you look at Yoel Romero when he faced him. Like how boring was that? That had to be one of the most boring fights I've ever watched. And it's like all right, like he's a ground and pound type of guy and stuff like that. Like that's all he's gonna come at you with if you don't come at him. And his striking prowess against Costa was he was so pristine precise he was a cold calculating killer yeah he's one of the most precise uh precision based strikers in, in mixed martial arts so I, I have nothing but respect for this dude he, he's the next anderson silva you can't really like he literally said it best yeah he passed he beat him already and he passed down the torch uh, and it's the middleweight division i don't see anyone beating his job and, and honestly i think that's a great segue to like our next point that you wrote for us Talking about what's next for both Adesanya and uh, Blanco. We kind of touched on Blahovich. Blahovich a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, thank, thank Blahovich. Sorry, that's what um, <laughs> Blahovich. <laughs> that's what I was thinking that we shouldn't even talk about it because we did it a little bit. But for Adesanya, yeah. he said he wanted to fight Cannonier, uh, who's Ugh. not, he's not like bad, but he's like it's like whatever. And he said if Whitaker wins that fight against Cannonier, then he'll fight him again. I just feel like there's really nothing for Adesanya to like do, but he needs to get he has to keep getting these title defenses up. I understand, yeah. but other than that, it's I'm pretty bored, bro. Honestly, there's only a couple like those two divisions. It's just like what what's next? I mean, yeah, you look and you see. Well, for two fifty four, we have Whitaker and Cannonier. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you got to figure whoever whoever wins that is going to face Adesanya, and I really don't want another Whitaker on Adesanya like right now. I just don't want that. I know it's going to be in the future, but, like, we saw that not too long ago. I'm I'll tell like... you what. The only fight that I really, really want to see right now, just because I'm bored, is, uh, is Israel Adesanya versus John Jones. Let's make it happen. That's Let's make it happen. Bro. <laughs> I think Israel Adesanya, before this, I wouldn't have said this, but I think he has a real shot at beating him, bro. I don't know. John Jones, I would love to see that. Yeah, that would be nuts. And I just love – I'm not usually – you know me. I'm usually by the book, humble kind of guy. I love that. Right after he TKO'd Costa, he went right to the camera. Because these guys do not like – you know how, like, even what Brenda Fitzgerald was talking, like, you know, a lot of these guys have so much respect for each other. Like, that fight that he said that he – you know what I'm saying? That he called and, like, the guys kicked the crap out of each other and they were sitting next they to each other on the bus the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's not Adesanya and Costa at all. They just don't like each other, you yeah. know? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I do want to touch on that a little bit, actually. The – he <laughs> – he like did a he's lot. He's so cringe, bro. He's so cringe. He did a lot of dancing around the ring, did the break dancing. After he knocked him out, he like humped him twice. That there's a clip on that if you want to check it out. I'm not sure if you saw it, but he humped him, like literally humped him twice. And then like went up to his trainer and was like, I told him I was gonna come all over him. And then he started doing the jerking off in midair. Like it's funny, you know. It's cringe, bro. But it's cringe. That was a little disrespectful in my opinion. Granted, they had beef. Granted, he just won. I get it, but he didn't have to hump him. <laughs> like, dude, that nah, is you're so right. disrespectful. You're right. He just beat the shit out of him for literally 10 minutes. Like, Paul Costa didn't throw one, I think maybe more than two strikes the whole fight, and you're going to do that shit. I think it would have been he more badass. Him the, 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 only, the only 
anything that I saw that was actually pretty good that looked like it did a little bit of damage was a nice body kick to the chest. That was about it. Yeah, you're right. And I think it would have been a little more badass, in my opinion, if he just did that and beat him so dominantly and just didn't do anything. It was just you like, know what the, the worst part is, though? Like, Adesanya is just going to keep doing it because no one's going to beat him in that division. He – all right, great transition now. I just wanted to say I think that Adesanya has potential to be like Floyd Mayweather of mixed martial arts. The reason I say that is because, like, he's so hateable. People haven't seen it yet. But, again, TTL predicts shit early, so hear what I'm saying. Adesanya will become more of, like, a heel, I think, as time um, kind of slows down. I mean, as time progresses. Um, watch. People are going to start hitting Izzy just because the way he talks. He's not very marketable. Yep. And I think his whole thing is going to be him talking a lot of shit like Mayweather and no one could touch him. I see it happening oh, 100%. I don't, I don't see the, – the state of the current, you know, middleweight division, especially with Darren Till at like seven, you know what I'm saying, like Derek Brunson at nine, Chris Weidman at ten. Like who, who is going to even challenge Adesanya now? You yeah. know, like – He could turn his whole brand into people preying on his downfall. And I exactly. Think that's what he exactly. Do. That's my bold prediction. Give me the next Mayweather. Now, speaking, that's a beautiful transition because speaking of – We've been people, transitioning it up for today. <laughs> speaking of people preying on someone's downfall, I want to transition to the Lakers and LeBron James. Okay, Real you threw quick. me off a little bit, but we'll get into basketball. Um, cause we well, yeah, because, you, you know, obviously, like, I have a hatred, a deep hatred for Skip Bayless, and he always preys on LeBron's downfall. So once you said preying on downfall, you got me in immediate Skip Bayless mode. No, no, no. Great transition. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that cold is really getting to you today, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I do. I'm scared to say that I feel like shit because, yo, tell me not yet. Hold up. <laughs> um, nowadays, like, because like flu slash cold season is about to come, right? Or like whenever it does come, people are going to just think it's Corona now. How are we going to live life? Uh, side topic, but. Well, actually, um, because I have my lovely girlfriend. Samantha is uh, a pediatric emergency department nurse at Cohen's mm-hmm. Children's Hospital. And um, quick little plug there. Let's go. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Got a plug. Got a plug her. She's a hero. Um, no, definitely a hero. Yeah. You know. they, um, they're saying that this winter is going to be terrible because for the first three to four days of either the flu or coronavirus, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, like, I don't even want to get that's kind of a scary thought. That I don't even scary. want to get into that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you got Lysol spray at home, save it. Yeah. Save it <laughs> for, for the winter. No, great advice there from Money Andrew Sandy. All right, let's get into what you had to say. And shout out our first responders, yo. Everyone in that hospital. Absolutely. Um, Lakers in the final, we predicted it also. PTL predicts. Five games. Jamal Murray's girlfriend just wasn't doing it for him, I guess. I no, could have said something so foul right there, but yeah, I just no, didn't I, want to. Yeah, I hear it. The luck kind of ran out for the Nuggets. I just think the Lakers are just too good. We knew that going into this. Um, I think it would have been a little more competitive had the Clippers won that series, but regardless, the Lakers are going to the finals. So shout out LeBron. What's in my greatness, actually? Absolutely. We'll never see this shit again probably for a while. The one thing that like kind of bothered me, though, about the Lakers, especially when they did lose that game, against Denver the only the only gripe I have about them in this series was their rebounding they got too cocky like I feel like this team even more so Anthony Davis Dwight Howard and even LeBron to be honest with you like they got that chip on their shoulder they play with that cockiness you know what I'm saying especially Anthony Davis 
Yeah, it's Anthony a, Davis it's his is, team. There's no doubt about yeah, it. That that's what. I'm, but you know what I mean? Like, like, and when they got cocky, they just played out of their game. And um, I was like to say, I think Dwight Howard had like four rebounds, and Anthony Davis had two, and both of them came within the last like two minutes. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's a cause for concern where they just kind of have to like. I feel like LeBron should just smack the shit out of them and just be like, listen, we have to finish this mission. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like killer black mamba instinct you know what i'm saying like no i agree uh i think sorry i was mad loud because i covered it um sorry handsome yeah i just think lebron and the lakers to add on to what you're saying like other than them getting too cocky they're probably their own worst enemy just like you said so whoever wins tonight which we're watching uh when we're recording it's heat celtics i don't think they stand a match either of them if it goes to game seven in the east i just think lebron's and and the lakers and it's they're too dominant. I think he gets his fourth chip this year. Yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm not a big LeBron guy to be honest with you, but he does deserve it. And the only thing I'm not really sold on LeBron is like, why are you not trying to get those six rings? Like, if I'm as good as you, well, I mean, he's starting now. <laughs> fan though, he's he's always like, I'm trying to form my own legacy, which I respect at the same time. But like, dude, you're playing basketball. You're trying to chase the greats. Like, that's always been the discussion. There's no one who compares to you other than like maybe Kobe that's it and then you got jordan so like why are you not trying to say yo i'm trying to get these the six like i want to yeah. hear him talk more about that but other than that i don't really i mean shout out him yeah um in i mean shout out him because this is his 10th nba final yeah that too in 17 seasons which means that he's made the nba finals in more than half like that is crazy and though. if you if you also look at the list of of uh how many finals he's made over over other franchises too it's literally like three-fourths of the nba yeah uh, it's literally three it's like disgusting oh well i mean like then like come on no but i could i could play three seasons in the nba and have more yeah (laughs) and have more final appearances (laughs) than the knicks no for real but but 58 percent of the time is the exact number that he'll make but that's insane and that's not even playoffs bro that's literally the final but his biggest, if he was to win all these, dude, he'd be the greatest. It's insane. It's time. insane. But getting into it, I just want to do something fun because, like, I like LeBron. Like, I'm not the biggest basketball guy, but I do like LeBron. I like what he does for the sport, for the community, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he never forgot his roots. Like, that always speaks to me. I love that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if I ever had that fame and power and that fortune, that's the kind of person I'd like to be, too. So I thought we could kind of commemorate his 10th final with, like, a little list of, like, his – best ever starting five in the NBA final. Yes. Uh, again, it's a beautiful thing that you came up with. I'm going to let you read the list off because when you explained it to me, I don't really see any disagreement anywhere, but go ahead. I mean, obviously. Uh, did like, you, and to just say, this is something that you mentioned earlier to me. Um, th- this is also people that he's played in the finals with. So Yeah, strictly finals. So no people like Lonzo Ball, Shaquille O'Neal's. Um, yeah, exactly. People like that, but go ahead. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, there's no question. You look at the point guards that he's played with in his career. Basically, LeBron is a better point guard than anyone he's ever played with, except for Kyrie Irving. So that right there, you know, even though he's a bitch, um, he doesn't like to play basketball. I'm convinced. Um, you know, he agree, yeah. he is like undoubtedly insanely talented, great handles, just a great ball player all around. Um, moving on, shooting guard Dwayne Wade doesn't even need. I don't even need an explanation for that. We all know that Dwayne Wade is, you know. Same thing, honestly, here. I put, you know, I could have switched these guys up. I mean, not LeBron, obviously, but I could have switched the lineup around a little bit. But at power forward, I put Chris Bosh. 
because I feel like Chris Bosh was always overlooked in his entire career. Especially with Miami because they, it was Dwayne Wade in their prime and LeBron in their prime. But, like, Chris Bosh probably still would be playing to this day if it wasn't for that blood clot in his leg. No, oh, for real. You know, so, like, I just think that his legacy doesn't really get enough re- recognition, especially in Toronto, too. Like, he's, over, he's always overshadowed by either Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan. Even Kawhi now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kawhi played one season in Toronto, and people are already forgetting about Chris Bosh. Like, yes, he got them the title. But, like, look at what Chris Bosh did, bro. Chris Bosh was a monster in Toronto. No, you're a thousand percent right. Also, the um, – dude, before he got traded to Miami or signed with Miami, I forgot what – I think, I think he, signed. he signed. Yeah, yeah you think he signed. Uh, dude, he played, like, a bunch of seasons in Toronto. Like, I don't want to say double digits, but, it, like, it was close. Close. I think it had to be at least seven or eight. I, I have the number 12 in my head for some random reason, but I, I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. So, Chris Bosch is an excellent pick, and this, that dude was a dog on Miami, too. Yeah. He, he kind of played the same. You could make the argument about Kevin Love, maybe, but I feel like he always had it when when um, Kevin Love played with, um, like, LeBron in the finals. There was always that, like, stigma that they they were always carrying – it was always Kyrie and LeBron carrying his load. Yeah. So I would say Chris Bosch is more fitting for that. No, nah, Bosch for sure. Uh, small forward, I put LeBron. Um, you know, LeBron <laughs> has never played with himself, so he has to be in the starting five, obviously. Are you sure uh, LeBron's never played with himself? I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> worried that one wrong. I haven't played, like, against or with him. Shut up. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, center, obviously, he's never technically played in the finals yet, but they are in the finals. Now I have Anthony Davis as his center because Anthony Davis is just supremely talented and – that's really – I mean, like, Anthony – like, you could see the chemistry between them. No, there's no debate here that it's AD at the five. It's so scary because, the, you know, talking about these greats, Irving, Wade, Bosh, he might be the most productive teammate LeBron's ever had. or essential teammate, really, I want to say, to LeBron's final run that he's ever had. Because, really, who is it? You look at it, it's, it's LeBron – Davis, LeBron Davis. It's not LeBron Caruso as much as so many people want it to be. You know, like it, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's Davis. If if LeBron can't step up, it's Anthony Davis stepping up. Also, think about it. At the end of his career, AD might be probably one of the best players LeBron's ever played with if he keeps playing like this. So, Absolutely, you know, no with, doubt. I mean, and he's played with Dwayne Wade and like we just mentioned the four yeah. other players. So, um, AD is is a specimen, and you know, in his future is bright too. Let's think about how many rings he might get if he keeps playing. Exactly. I got a couple just honorable mentions real quick, just because you know some of these guys are still legends too. I don't want to leave them out. Uh, I have Kevin Love, as we just talked about before. Um, I also have Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard gets severely disrespected for the player that he's turned into. Fuck with Dwight Howard, and not the player that he was, and the player that he was 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 freaking insane you know that <laughs> i agree did you hear what i said though what did you say said, you did not don't wait you to hear me i said i haven't fucked with dwight howard since he uh got caught dming that tranny <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never admitted to it yeah like i don't understand your verified check mark was there that shit was proven and then he never addressed it all right moving on uh, <laughs> <laughs> like i don't next- care about anyone's sexuality but just let me know like what's good and what's not like Listen, I promise you that you'll never come across Dwight Howard in your life, so you don't have to worry about your ass, all right? So let's just leave it at that. So <laughs> so the next one I put here is Rajon Rondo because, mm-hmm. believe it or not, like in his own right, even though he's kind of fell off the face of the earth the last few years, 
he's also been not this a, postseason though. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, like in general, like he's not the player that he was with the Celtics. Facts, but you all know that he has played a very good postseason. Not yet. Yes. Uh, Ray Allen obviously needs no introduction whatsoever, and my man Big Z, Zildrunas Zilgauskis, or however you say his name, but he is a Cleveland legend. That big man that looked like Frankenstein was a beast. Yeah, he was a dog. And I want nah, to honestly, I just put him in there because he was like a walking meme. He was like Boban, bro. I was, like, <laughs> I was gonna say I wanted to mention one more who's also like a walking meme, Matthew Delvadova. That dude was had the most clutch defense against Steph Curry for Yeah, no, nah, you're not wrong about that. So and he LeBron will never forget that man. I'll tell you that right now. He always finds these weird Yeah white. <laughs> like it's so true though players, like look like at caruso, caruso now <laughs> the dude who you just said with the weird name who was like boban like yeah lebron's always Z- Gaskis, that one. yeah yeah i don't know how to say it so i let you do it no nah, thanks i appreciate that huh. <laughs> but yeah yeah i thought that was a great list that you compiled yeah and lebron james is hopefully we get lucky enough to interview him one day one of the greatest basketball players of all time Bro, I honestly think that might be end game, bro. If we if we interview LeBron, I'm never doing another interview ever again, bro. It's over for me. Stamp that shit. I'm we're, with- we're retiring from interviewing. I'm not saying we're retiring in general, but a LeBron interview or anyone like that is over, bro. It's not gonna get better than that. I'm asking him if he's really Illuminati, yeah. <laughs> Before pregame goes, <laughs> I've been crazy this episode. <laughs> I don't even know if, like, usually I'm pretty, I'm witty enough to have, like, a comeback, bro. I don't even know what to say to you. You're sick. (laughs) You're sick right now. You're coming up with these savage remarks. I have no idea what to say. Like, you're just beasting right now, bro. All right, I'll stop. Let's move on to the (laughs) No, 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 keep going. Let's keep going. (laughs) Well, let's move on to the NFL. This is, I've literally been waiting for these two topics back-to-back since the start of episode 21. So, sick as ever, we're going to go through these games right now. NFL, quick update before Brudiana's highlights drops. Tomorrow, Monday, you'll see it live. Um, let's get right into it. I'm going to start with the first game of the week, which was on Thursday night. It was Dolphins-Jaguars. Garner Minshew, we all thought was going to win. Upset. I started him in my, like, not care about fantasy league, and I was kind of pissed. And everyone slept on the man himself, Fitzmagic. 31-13, to 13, Miami. Any thoughts? I don't really have much. I just want to say that the beard outpowered the mustache. That's my only comment. That's a good take. Both teams suck, and I don't know how long. It's just pushed back to his day of starting. That's all Yeah, I pretty much. Say. And the Jaguars are pretty good. Don't get it twisted. Garner Minshew actually has proven that he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, so I agree. That's really all I have to say. All right, let's get into the games today. Um, I'm so pissed that we started off with this one, so I'm going to save it for a little while. <laughs> it's not the Jets. It's another one that we can make fun of. Um, Rams, Bills. Okay. Bro. Terrific game. I'm yeah. Predicted. I actually Almost a terrific game. collapse. Uh-huh. And I took the Bills minus 135 at the start. Um, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, yo. If Josh Allen wins the MVP over Russell Wilson, every Jet fan has to delete their Twitter account. Okay? Let's just start off by saying that. I'm just going to be sick because Russell Wilson wholeheartedly deserves the MVP. No, I know. But I'm more like, sick at the fact that he would win the MVP in general, Josh Allen. Like, that is – he just told all of us to shut the fuck up. Like, it's that simple. I, I Listen, believe it or not, the Jets season has been lost since before we even played – game one and um i'm really just focused on fantasy football at this point and i drafted josh allen in like the 11th round of the draft and he's been nothing short of spectacular so honestly if he just wants to keep up his mvp season i'm all for it because as jet fans we have no right because our team is a borderline disgrace on all levels so you know what if josh allen wants to take the bills to the super bowl and win i have no problem with that because 
I just Fuck think the Jets. all jo- no, you're right. But all jokes aside, I think it's crazy that this man, like McDermott, really made this dude. Yeah. Like he's, dude, he's like Brett Favre, yo. Like I'm not kidding. And it's crazy because Sean McDermott's a defensive. Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded coach as well. So the fact that and you know like. Oh, no, no, now you're going to get me. Like, now I'm sweating. Like, now, like, now you're going to get, but I, I'm not even going to say anything about the Jets. All I'm going to say is, like, Sean McDermott walks into the Bills locker room. Everyone listens. Everyone, full attention no, on Sean McDermott. Is there, he is their leader. They believe in him. And that is literally half the battle right there. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah. shout out. Honestly, the Rams have been a bit of a surprise so far this year. They've been playing, like, really well. And I think that. Goff is back to his old ways. I think that he has been playing really well the first few games, and they might challenge the Seahawks for this division. It, it depends on, you know, their first head-to-head matchup, but um, they, they might challenge them. No, I agree. mentioned the Rams have definitely been shocking this year. These are two teams that are, like, very high level, easily. Yeah. Within this game. Very high. Shout out to the Bills, though, too, and I hate them, but shout out to the Bills for – Everyone said they choked and they ended up pulling it out. So yeah. honestly, dude, I cannot say nothing like about Josh Allen anymore. I've hated on the dude for a while, but I truly believe he is a top. I was gonna say five. I think he's a top ten quarterback. I I can't even argue. Right now, yeah, probably top seven, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. Let's move I'm on. I'm just I I like round numbers. That'll probably be the <laughs> that'll probably be the quickest. I mean, the longest one, I'd say. Actually, no, the Jets are still one that we have talked about. Next. Um, all right, I'll go to this one now. <laughs> Bears, Falcons, before we go in on Dan Quinn and how quickly he's going to get fired, let's shout out the Bears who, who are actually like – It's like their third comeback win already this year. Dude, this now they, Now they, they were beating the, – they almost lost to the, the Giants last week. But They – I feel bad for Mitch Trubisky, but they're probably going to roll with Foles. But I think um, – As well they should. He had more passing yards in the fourth quarter than – then Trubisky yeah, had all game. I think the Bears have always – we've known this, even when they played like shit last year, they have a sick team. It was just like their, their coaching's all over the place. And then defense has always been there. It's really just who's under center. So I'm happy the Bears are actually kind of putting it together now. Um, and now yeah. let's just move on to the fucking – oh, my God. I thought it was rough being a Jeff fan. Um, I, I don't really <laughs> want to go too deep into it, but – Listen, this is they have a fucking a, such a talented roster. That's this why this is beating it. Oh, not on the defensive side. That's why this keeps happening. If if you look at the defensive side, besides for Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, maybe Keanu Neal, and I don't know Darquez Denard, maybe like <laughs> they really don't have a lot, and it speaks volumes because once Grady Jarrett left that game in the fourth quarter with his injury, the the they fell apart. They're strong up the middle, and that's about it. Who do you think um, gets fired first, Dan Quinn or Adam Gase? Probably Dan No, Quinn. Dan Quinn, because yeah. um, the only reason why is because I was telling my dad this before. The Jets, no matter, they could have lost 200 to nothing today. The Jets aren't going to fire a head coach on a short week. So they're going to wait until they lose to Denver, and then they're going to fire him because they have a longer time to switch the playbook over. Yeah, you're right. I see that happening after week four as well, but we'll move on. Uh, I mentioned- yeah, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn should be gone tomorrow. There's like <laughs> – you know what? Like, I feel bad for Matty Ice because, granted, he didn't really play good in the fourth quarter. But the first, how many? The first eleven quarters of the season, he's played phenomenal football. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like up until the third quarter of today, he has the most passing yards. You know what I'm saying? Like the I'm pretty sure like is so good too when it's healthy. Peter. And Julio wasn't even playing today I too. That's what I know. Calvin Ridley is such a dog. Yeah, he's a dog, dude, for sure. All right, we can move on if you yeah, want. We'll go. Uh, Bears win 30-26. I didn't mention the scores of the other ones. Bills won 35-32. Dolphins won 31-13. And then um, let's move on to the next game. Uh, the Washington football team versus Cleveland Browns. I just wanted to say the Browns suck, to be honest with you, because the fact that it was even close in the beginning is an embarrassment. And I want to say shout out to Washington football team, because if it wasn't for Manny, I honestly wouldn't have known that they had this much fight in them. And honestly, the way the Cowboys are playing right now, it would not surprise me if the Red, I said the Redskins, if the Washington football team um, wins the division. You might call me crazy, but that's what I took from this. No. The Browns are awful. Honestly, seven and nine or eight and eight could probably win this division. But, and that's being not they even look like funny. the best that's team. Being they look like now, the best honestly, um, I kind of watched some of this game at work, and I'm going to be real with you right now. The score was close. This game was not close. The Washington football team was not in this game at all. No, I'm referring to the first half when I don't know what the first half. Nah, score dude, was. I'm I'm telling you, like even if they were, I think they were up at one point. It, they were still not in the game. They were not in the game, bro. It was like seven ten, at one point. Yeah, no, I'm saying they weren't in the game. Like like Haskins started off pretty good, and it was it was close and. Until it's, it was twenty seventeen yeah, at one point. Yeah, but yeah, but this is the type of game like Week One Bills and Jets, where the final score was twenty seven seventeen. But in reality, if you watch the game, it was like fifty seven to seventeen. That was this game. Like the 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 Washington football team did not look good defensively. They looked okay. They lost Chase Young early on in the game, but that's their strong suit. They have a good. They have a very sound defense. Offensively, they're a mess. Dwayne Haskins. I'm sorry, Manny. Shout out Manny Chakuba and Zeke. Um, <laughs> That he's not the answer. Yeah. He's not the answer. He falls apart too quickly under pressure. He doesn't go through his progressions well. He's got happy feet. Um, everyone might make fun of me for saying this because Sam Darnold's my quarterback, but like just watch the tape. You know what I'm saying? And especially he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. He's got Antonio Gandy Golden, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. You know what I'm saying? Like Steven Sims. He's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. JD McKissick too. Like like, I, I just don't want to hear any excuses. Like, he has made a little bit of a progression, but it's not enough from year one to two. Uh, yeah, fair point. I just – and to talk about Cleveland before we transition, I just don't think they're good yet. Like, no, nah, I, I don't think so either. That was a very shaky showing. I just think Baker – if it's not – it's definitely Baker at this point. Yeah. They should – they should – Trade for Sam Darnold. No, they should not do <laughs> anything remotely close to that. Um, <laughs> what they should do is – Ride their running, but they have the best running back tandem in football. Yeah, you're right. Just ride them to your victories because that's what they've done the last two weeks. And like how good that's worked out for all the teams. I feel like that's yeah. what that's what the game plan's been since like. That's last what happened year. with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Remember that? Every team that's really successful right now has an insane running back core. The only reason the Niners, even though they're playing two of the worst teams in football, both from New York, ironically, the only reason they've been winning is the run is the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee. Um, I could literally name so uh, the Browns even like yeah you know the Bills uh, yeah. the run game is really what's like bussing right now <laughs> yeah the Packers look at the Packers Packers all right yeah the running game's um, crazy too all Browns right. win thirty four twenty we'll move on um, Titans Vikings good ass game you know, yeah this is coming back bro shout out I just want to say shout out Stephen Goskowski bro from missing the first four kicks of of the season to hitting the game-winning field goal in the first three games of the season. Yeah, he went six for six on field goal attempts this game, and 
Um, Tennessee looks. Did like, he really have six field goals? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I didn't even know that. It was um. The Vikings were up pretty good. I mean, I'm surprised how bad they are this year. That's my one take. Uh, other than that, I'm happy for the Titans. They're winning again. Um, I just want to say shout out Derek Henry because I was getting really pissed with you throughout the first like two and a half weeks of fantasy. He was getting a boatload of touches and not scoring shit. So I left work and he had like 11 touches for like 40 yards. And I was like, oh, come on. And I got home and looked at my phone. It was like 20 minutes in between. It was like Christmas. Fantasy and he had Christmas. and he had 119 yards and two touchdowns. I was like, all right, cool. But he looks like he kind of he kind of got going a little bit in this game. Tannehill looked a little shaky. Um, yeah, happen? Minnesota is not good. They have three. They have two cornerbacks, rookie cornerbacks, to go along with Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. They're a disaster everywhere. Kirk Cousins sucks. I'm just going to say it. And I know that every Viking fan will back me up that Kirk Cousins runs away from pressure. You know, when the game is on the line, he's nowhere to be found. Uh, if they get the first overall pick, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. That's really what I'm looking at. But I don't think they, yep. they're not the worst team in football. They're bad. No, they're not we, the we know who the worst team in football is. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Titans win 31-30. Um, Patriots, Raiders. I just wanted to say the – Pats are legit because I personally believe the Raiders are legit and um, good game. They, they just kind of slow in the beginning, but um, Cam Newton played all right. But I just think, mm-hmm. dude, it's Bill Belichick's world and we're living in it. Yeah. Um, I agree with you at the point that I think that the Raiders – I don't think the Raiders are legit at, in terms of a playoff team. I think they're legit in the point where you look at the schedule and you don't go, oh, yeah, we're playing the Raiders. You go, oh, shit, we have to play the Raiders. You know what I mean? Something like that. Where it's like, ah, like they could kick the crap out of us or we could beat them. You know, it's like it goes 50-50. But this was a sloppy game because both teams have good defenses. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally it. Like Derek, I, I've been saying for years that Derek Carr is severely underappreciated. Yeah, you told severely, me that. that was like one of the first shows we did and you yelled at me for that. Severely underappreciated. And, you know, he played – he kept them in the game for the most part. It kind of fell apart in like the, the middle of the fourth quarter the Patriots sort of ran away with it, but I don't really think the Raiders have anything to be ashamed of. They played a pretty good game. Um, and it definitely looks like John Gruden and Mike Mayock finally had that team turned around. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And in regards to the Pats, I told everyone that the Pats defense was just as good. Do I don't know people opted out. No, I think they look if not better, like still great. Shout out Cam. That's all I want to say. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, so- I'm all for the comeback player of the year tour. It's uh, yeah. So annoying that everyone's having success in the division but us. But anyway, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers and New York Giants. The Pats win that game 36-20 against um, Las Vegas. And then Niners win 36-9. I, again, don't have much to say about this. I had the displeasure of watching this game. Other than the fact that Vegas gave the Giants a plus three um, spread. I'm yeah, no, it just – this is – The 49ers suck, and clearly the Giants are even worse nah. if they got blown out like that. Nah, the 49ers don't suck, dude. They're, in, they're injury That's what I'm riddled. talking about. They went into this week with literally every starter on defense probably on IR. Yeah, but, and their um, starting quarterback, and their star wide receiver, and their star tight end. But you know what? Nick Mullins is actually probably one of the top five backups in the league. Nick Mullins has been in San Francisco's offensive scheme, Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme, for like four years now. And he knows exactly what to do. And he looked like a starting quarterback today. He threw for 346 yards. He was a perfect game manager because that's all that Kyle Shanahan's. I was just going to say this. That's all that Kyle Shanahan's offense calls for as a game manager. I was say this fits perfect in there. So if, I, if we use that theory gambling today, we wouldn't have won a lot of money. In the mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is clearly Daniel Jones's worst game of his career. He looked 
lost. Abysmal. And you know what? Like it kind of, as a Jet fan, not saying because I like Daniel Jones and I have nothing wrong with the Giants. I, the only time I don't root for the Giants to win is when they're playing the Jets. Mm-hmm. That's the type of like, I don't hate the Giants at all. So um, it made me feel a little bit better because Sam Darnold didn't really play that great of a game against San Fran. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was mostly their backups. And then Daniel Jones didn't really play that good. And I was like, holy shit, it's just their backup. So it's either San Francisco is just extremely disciplined and well coached by Roberto Sala, Robert Sala, excuse me, Roberto. (laughs) Um, Whoa. Um, Robert Sala is just that good of a defensive coach or. Both teams suck. Both teams suck. It could be a little bit of both, but um, yeah, this was a route from beginning to end. Yeah, shout out the Giants, um, 0-3 on the year. 36-9 to was the final score. Uh, Bengals-Eagles. No, nah, I don't even want to get it. This was just yeah. fucking abysmal. Tie, couldn't have ended. The only thing I'm going to say is Joe Burrow is not going to oh. last more than five years in this league if they don't get him an offensive line. Yo, you could see that he's already getting pissed off that he's not, like, doing well at all. Not him. I'm saying, like, the team. He's actually proven to me he already played, he's going to have Actually, success. he threw for he 340 two yards and two. yards and, yeah, no interceptions. He played great. I'm saying he looks pissed off that he's not winning. He's already made that statement before. It sucks to lose. So Yeah, well, I mean, they just need to get him an offensive line so he can stay upright. I mean, they, you saw that shot that he took Malik Jackson put a no, hit no, on no, him I today he, that was scary beat. I, I'm just saying the Bengals if they don't overthink this shit all they need to do is build around him because he is the answer like we saw yeah. that today yeah and Carson Wentz fucking sucks yeah I'm sorry Dak yeah Carson Wentz is not I've I've been an avid defender of Carson Wentz because of it was the same you know what I'm starting to turn a new leaf because all I was saying was you know, Carson Wentz has no one to throw to and all that kind of stuff. And, like, I've been saying the same thing about Sam Darnold. And now I'm just like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, if yeah. you're that good of a quarterback, yeah, like, you'll do it yourself. you are going to do it yourself. And Like Tom Brady. Carson Wentz, pretty much, <laughs> yeah, bro. Car- Tom, That's why Tom Brady's the GOAT. But Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz has a few good plays in him throughout the game. And then he just makes some boneheaded decisions. So, I don't know. I think that they're sick that they gave him $127 million over four years. That's basically almost all guaranteed. So they're just going to have to keep him for the remainder of the contract. But I don't know. I think we're going to see Jalen Hurts a lot sooner than we thought. This is true. And now it looks a lot smarter that they drafted him in the second round. Yep. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Steelers, Texans. Um, oh, I fucking Bill O'Brien. Yeah, but uh, all I wanted to say is I tweeted about it. I am not surprised at all the Texans started off 0-3. I don't know why this is a fucking, like, surprise to people. Oh, my God. They, here we uh, go. No. <laughs> Stewart is literally should be it's – it's highway robbery, that, that trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, this shit borderline should have put him in handcuffs. If you want me to be brutally honest with you, like, I've never liked this man since we started this show. I fucking hate him. And people still try to say, oh, they got Kenny Steele's. No, fuck that. The Texans have no receiving core. Running backs suck. I don't care what you say. They are fucking awful. Deshaun Watson should not be on that team. He's the only good football player. Okay? That's it. And no one is winning a game with that thumb as a head coach. All right? I'm fucking over him. He's trash. I have a book here, and I'm ranting. He is not good. This is not – people are like, oh, the Texans are 0-3. Yeah, no shit. This dude is the general manager, head coach, probably fucking the owner's wife and they're getting finesse i think someone's paying him to be this bad you can't make this shit up you can't (laughs) fuck bill o'brien and fuck the texans free deshaun watson 
Can we just move on to the other game? Because I have yeah, no, I'm speechless. Abysmal. And Big Ben, no means fucking no, is not that good. All you Steeler fans that are getting your panties in a bunch talking about, oh, oh, we might have a Super Bowl contending winning team. No, fuck you, okay? Wait till you play some real competition. Who have they played on the schedule thus far? Let me pull it up real quick. No, because I'm getting sick and tired of all this shit, all right? <laughs> Here, hold up, hold up, hold up. It, it, it appears that Matthew's frustration with the Jets it's, it's coming just, up, too. They played the Giants, Denver, and Houston. You're not a fucking playoff contention, in playoff contention. The Giants suck big dick, okay? <laughs> Denver is not good at all, okay? They're not good at all. Drew Locke is, is throwing a homeless people other than Jerry Judy, okay? He didn't even play. <laughs> I'm saying in general, yo. Like, I'm talking about week two. Corlin's son is out for the year. The team is not good. Like, Denver's awful. And then Houston, don't even get me started again about Bill O'Brien. <laughs> The fact you know Denver's not good if the odds uh, – I love going back to Vegas because they're always right. The spread for the Thursday night game against the worst team in football, which is the Jets, it's like three. Denver is not good. The Steelers suck. All right, on to the next one. I'm over to this fucking shit. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say before we move on to the next game that that was the greatest rant in our show's history. Oh, and it's going to get better. It's going to get no, better. No, oh, my God. All right, just move on to the next game before yeah, you – 36-7 New York Jets lose to the Colts. Let me just tell you something right now. You come out before the game and you say – where the, the, the brass, the Jets brass, the, the, own, the owners and management are looking into firing this idiot of a head coach. Like, what outcome did you think you were going to get when you signed him? The only thing that he could do good is hold on to Peyton Manning's left testicle and say, good job, Peyton. Nice forehead. That's the only thing. You know what's crazy, too? They can't even, they're in such a fucked up situation, the Jets, that they can't even really get rid of him. Because we got Jim Bob Cooter as your backup coach, basically, unless they want to throw Greg Williams in there. But I don't even think that would be much better because his defense has been abysmal this week, this whole year. So realistically, what are you doing? You're going to take a young quarterback who's in his third season and make him learn a whole new playbook with Jim Bob Cooter and expect production. They single-handedly took a third overall all draft pick who we haven't seen had this much potential since Andrew Luck in 2012 and made him look like Ryan Tannehill himself. The Jets... Fuck Bill O'Brien. The Jets should be in handcuffs for fucking highway robbery of this man's career. Um, on a little bit more of a calm note, because I had my little rant about the Jets last week, so I'm just going to stay quiet for the most part. Oh, uh, oh, oh, and Makai Becton, who's probably going to be on IR knowing how well New York training staffs are, okay? Like, there's clearly a problem in New York with the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants, the fucking Rangers. The, like, I don't know. Every New York – the Knicks, every New York team has the worst training staff. So now Makai Becton will probably be out 17 million weeks, and we won't see him till fucking 2021. And then what else did I have to mention? There was another one that we lost today. Oh, did you see the three wide receivers starting? Sam Darnold had no, literally, I swear to you, I could have blocked better than the O-line today. And then you have him throwing to, like, backyard football starters. This dude, Braxton Berrios, is like 300 pounds of muscle with stone hands. Stone hands. Granted, good game. But who is he throwing to? 
And Kristen, Chris Herndon has actually- Sucks. Chris Herndon? Don't, no. Don't even get me started about Chris Herndon. <laughs> what a disappointment. Sucks. He sucks, bro. He, he so sucks. Like, if you do not Griffin, throw it, we signed you, you do not throw it into his catch radius, he is not going to catch it. Like, literally, if you don't throw it right in between his eyeballs, he's not going to catch it. And he still drops passes that were right to him. Ryan Griffin has fucking squid tentacles for hands. He couldn't catch the ball for shit today. Don't even get me started on this because Sam Darnold is not the problem in New York. It is just I'm, I'm keep it up. Bob Cooter and his <laughs> gang of wily veterans that suck. Yo, shout out Frank Gore. He's the only one who's actually playing well. He's, he, yo, that, yo, but that just shows you that Frank Gore's having production. Why can't Le'Veon do good? This dude can't get, make a run go past two yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, Frank Gore is like 59 years no, old. Actually, actually, you know what? <laughs> you know what? No, I'll give you no, I'll give you the reason why. Okay. No, no. Philip Rivers sucks. Shut up for a second. No, no, no. No, there is a legitimate reason for this. Because I don't care if he's patient. I don't care if he's patient. It's the running style. Frank Gore puts his massive forehead right into the teeth of the defense and gets three to four yards every time because that's no. his style. He's a bowling ball. Enough he's a butterball turkey, Matthew. No. Who is that a goofy that was not, not, not Lapiron, Michael Lapiron, not him. <laughs> the, the dude who has a last name that starts with B. What are you talking about? The running back. The other running back that was playing today a lot. He had a lot of snaps. Oh, um... This motherfucker is playing better than Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad. That's what I'm saying. Le'Veon it wasn't Bell. Josh Adams, right? I don't even. No, remember, it was um his last name started with a B. I got. I'm gonna go on the the score. You have. You'll know who I'm talking I'm about. I'm gonna look at it right now. Yeah, no, like that's a serious thing. Why is this dude like better than Le'Veon Bell? He's off the practice squad. Le'Veon Bell's working on his album. All right. Jeez. Which sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Hold up, I need to find, I, I have the stats. Oh, Kalen Bellage. Bro, who are, this dude hurdled the defender five yards before the defender got yeah, there and got sandwiched. And this dude is running better than Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell will not have a carry over two yards. Like, for the, hasn't had a carry over two yards for the last like eight weeks, bro, of his football career. Why is Frank Gore, who's 59 years old, doing better than you? I don't care about the line. I don't care if it's his style of run. There is no more excuses to be made, okay? Sam Darnold, I don't think he's the problem, but he is gone after this year if the Jets get the first overall pick. Rightfully so. Ship him somewhere like fucking Houston, maybe. I don't know. Like, we're, that was a bad example. Like, I don't know. Somewhere like Pittsburgh, Carolina, maybe. Like, somewhere where he could be a Ryan Tannehill because this dude. Oh, I'm just done with it. This team is abysmal. We've said this word 30 times. This, this team is literally, and I'm not even exaggerating right now. This is the worst three-game start to a season I've ever seen in NFL history. You cannot rival. I want no one to even attempt to rival this team. If you've watched every minute, I told my mom today, I'm going to start a counter. I'm going to start a counter of how many hours this season I've wasted of my life watching Jets football. Wait, did you talk about the point differential too, Peter? Do you know how many, if we count up all the points? Seven points in three weeks. No, I'm not talking about that. Seven points in three weeks. That's the amount, if you combine all the, the points they lost by, 57 points in three oh, weeks. Oh, I thought you said seven. Yeah, 57 points. Yeah. Oh, my God, bro. What the fuck? It's like the Rugrats are playing for this football team. I don't care how long we go. They have the least them. talented roster in the NFL. This team, this roster does not deserve to. They should forfeit the season. And that's not even me being salty. They, do, they don't have the time. Even with everyone healthy, they have a bottom five roster. 
And I am disgusted with myself and I'm disgusted in you for even having a shred of hope that this team was going to be even better than what it is now. Yeah, I'm mad at myself. It, you know how I know? I go through these cycles every three years of the Jets where I'm like, oh, they have a good roster. They might be able to make a run. And then in two years later, I'm like, all right, I hope they lose games. I've been rooting against them to lose every single game. I, I wanted Philip Rivers through 900 yards today. Yeah, and because, dude, that's the only time change gets made when they play so shitty that hopefully we'll get a draft pick. Dude. I'm not even talking about the Colts. Phillip Rivers is such isn't even good, and you made him look like fucking dude. I was I could read the Jets defense better than a fucking kindergarten book. I'm watching the game. I'm like, yo, up the middle by the 30 yard line. Phillip Rivers is throwing fucking piss missiles down the. Where's the linebacker? Up? Where are the safeties? Like, Quinn Williams actually doesn't look bad. All right, that's the only positive. He actually looks like a solid defensive tackle. If he had some good coaching, maybe. Other than that, the team fucking sucks. Let's I don't just even move hear on before I start to get. No, and you know what's fucked? Before we move on for us, as Jeff fans, you made a great point like millions of times over. If they were to fire this dude, it doesn't even like help. I think this is what's gonna happen though. Let it me get worse. some predictions. They fire him after the Denver game. There's no way he makes it if they go in for it. Okay, they roll with someone who's already on the team. You know, like uh, Jim Bob Bur- Cooter, Brent or, Boyer. Yeah, people are saying that or. No, Maybe no one's Greg, saying that. It's just me. Greg Williams. Uh, <laughs> inter, um, I don't know. They rolled the ball with someone else. This is just my prediction. I want to hear what you, you think about this. Okay? And then they take it from here. You play out the last 12 weeks with Sam Darnold. You see how he plays with someone else. You give him another shot. Okay? No more gay excuses. We give him another shot. We see if he has some potential. I think if they get the number one overall draft pick, they cannot pass up on it's, Trevor It's Lawrence. inevitable. You have to take Trevor Lawrence. You trade Sam Darnold. You could probably get someone for him, okay? If Sam Darnold actually looks good and they win some games this year and they hire a new head coach and then roll the ball with him next year and try to see what Joe Douglas could do, that's your only two options, really. But if he play, continues to play like this, with or without Gase, you got to get rid of him. It's over. My, my take on this, it's so fucked because – this is the year. After this year, you have to decide if you're going to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth option, fifth-year option. This is the year. You know what I mean? So if you go 0-16, to me, you don't pick up the option because then regardless of coaching, Sam Darnold is not the answer because he never put you in a position to win. And I don't even care. Like, like I've tried to defend it for so long, but, like, you know what, like, great I, I don't even I'm not even talking about elite great quarterbacks work with what they have they make players around them better and right now even though Sam Darnold has a heap of fucking hot garbage around him he's not making anyone better the only person that he's made better over the last two weeks is Braxton Berrios yeah, no, you know what I mean like like if you go 0-16 and you're in a position to draft someone like Trevor Lawrence you have to do it because then and Joe Douglas just, doesn't not take him, especially considering the fact that Douglas didn't even draft no, Arnold. Listen, I'm already turning on this man. Fuck Joe Douglas. You know why? Because he – this is an embarrassment. You are the general manager sitting on $30 million of cap space and all these draft picks. If you want to put a competitive team out on the field, you make some moves midseason. Don't just ride this out. This will literally be – if they ride this season out like this, this is going to be – probably a top five worst team in NFL history. And you know that, and I know that too. Yeah, but you have to feel the – I don't care about the future right now, bro. Nah, you have to – I disagree with you. They didn't bring him in for this year, though. I think he already knew that this team was going to suck. I'm be honest no, with you. You have to put – it doesn't matter, bro. You could suck and still be competitive, bro. The Dolphins last year sucked, and they were competitive. 
No, you're right, but I think that he has this team is just a rollover. But They're think just about a it. Who on this bro. team? He signed them to a bunch of one-year deals because who on this team has he really brought in? No one. Okay, but down. think about it like this: second. now all these no, now all these players leave. Who's gonna want to come here to play? No, you're right. You're right. I don't so know. So now basically, Joe Douglas has fucked us from the other side because now you know you have there's. I'm pretty sure they have about 22 free agents after this. The unrestricted free agents that could leave. And honestly, if I'm any of those 22 free agents, I hightail it the fuck out of East Rutherford, New Jersey. They do have a ton of draft capital, though, to be fair. Oh, you know what? Prove it to me. Because the only person that, granted, I mean, he's really the only rookie that's been on the field so far. Becton. That is Becton. Becton has looked good, but, yeah. you know, Becton's just a free. Like, let's see how Denzel Mims. I don't think that the the way that he drafted this year didn't really make sense to me. And you could, you could vouch for that. I even said that a lot of his picks didn't make sense. You need weapons. You draft one wide receiver and you had all those third and fourth round picks. Bro, you know how many good wide receivers went in the third and fourth round and you couldn't pick up another one or at least another two? You know what I'm saying? You draft a quarter. You have four quarterbacks on the roster right now. Yeah. What sense does that make? You know what I'm saying? You got 97-year-old Joe Flacco who was smelling the inside of his shirt at the end of the game because he's so fucking bored on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, like what is going on? Like, like if Joe, I believe that Joe Douglas is a football guy, but I'm not going to put blind faith into someone that has put such a poor product onto the field this year. I think the Johnsons just have to sell the team after this, yeah. And That's literally not- what my father said after I said that entire rant to him. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think we got to go move on because we're never going to – I don't even want to talk about the rest of the football picks. <laughs> Honestly, good. We don't have to, but we have four more games. You might as well mention it. I just to Let's just run – yeah, just run through it. The Chargers, Panthers, all right. Good thing the Panthers got their first win. I just want to say Justin Herbert sucks. He fucking sucks. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's a little premature. No, he played a horrible game. He was given so many chances. I watched this whole game. He was given so many chances. Listen, Keenan Allen played good, and that's all that matters for Peter's yeah. fantasy team, all right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Herbert's awful, okay? That's my opinion. Um, wow. It's a rough Lions opinion. Won um, by a field goal. Honestly, the Cardinals were due for a loss, that's all I have to say, but I still think they're good. Kyler Murray just had a shaky game. Yeah. Um, he's a little turnover happy. Yeah. He, he's, he's very good at evading pressure, though. Yeah, he tra- but that's, his, that's also his downfall. He tries to do it all, and then he makes a terrible throw across his body, and then it gets picked. No, you're right, but I, I, I still like the Cardinals this year. I think they've been playing. No, I think they have a really good team. Uh, Buccaneers, Broncos, uh, Bucks. Tom Brady looked like he was about 10 years younger. Yeah, yeah, he loves that one receiver, the white boy. Scotty like, Miller, bro. <laughs> I was watching the game. He threw a fucking rocket to him. And he threw a 50-yard pass to him. Bro, it's so funny because everyone's like, yo, Evans, Godwin, Gronk. Like, no, it's Scotty, Scotty Miller. <laughs> and then uh, Seattle beat Dallas. Uh, Dallas Russell Wilson's the greatest quarterback in football right now. Football history of all time. Russell yeah, Wilson. and of all time. I'm just Sarah, saying all time. Beautiful ass, okay? <laughs> No, listen. Nah, in, in all seriousness, he's Russell Wilson is the MVP as it stands right now, and he's also the best – I was going to say the best football in quarterback, the best quarterback in football right now. No, yeah, ever since uh, Russell Wilson married Sierra, he is – Again with Sierra. You said, you said something so vulgar and brutally honest highlights last week. He has a QBR of 100 plus. <laughs> no, Can you run that back? Can you run back what you said? No, no shot. I got away with it already. Let's move on. But Wilson is MVP. Uh, Okay, we said that again before. TTL predicts. One more thing about Dallas, um, they just had the shitty end of the stick. I think they're a good team. They just really, yeah, they've had really some rough. Yeah, no secondary. Yeah, but but I think they're a good team. 
I think they win the division. They got a lot of talent. They're not a good team. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Fair play. I like that. I love Zeke, though. I think he's a great running back. And I like Dak. All right, let's move on. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) One thing I want to say real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Today was the first time probably in Zeke's NFL career that he played um, behind an offensive line that wasn't that great because they have a lot of injuries. And he sucked today. (laughs) He sucked. So now begs the question, is, it, is he just a product of his offensive line? I think he's talented. I think he's super shifty. I think he's very fast. Uh, he's a great receiver. I but honestly couldn't care like, less. I couldn't care less. Okay. No, not of what you're but, saying uh, about the argument that people are making because yeah. build, I think build Zeke him a good is, O-line and he'll do no, good. What's exactly, but you could, you could make the case for any running back. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Even about who's me, better. But. Yeah. but I'm just saying, like, I think it's funny that – this was the first time, and Seattle does not have a very good run defense. This was the first time that Zeke could really showcase, like, wow, like, I'm running behind an undrafted free agent, a fifth-round pick. You know what I mean? Like, guys like that, and I'm still going to go for over 100 yards, and I think he got stuffed for, like, 15 carries and 30 yards. You know, he didn't run well. Mm-hmm. So I just think it was it, it was something to highlight that it's like, oh, big bad Zeke, you know? like <laughs> Fair point to mention. I just like him. I think give him a good Like Zeke, run. too. I think he's good, but – I, I just think that we have to take into account who's really, you know, who's really good behind a good offensive line and who's not behind a, a bad offensive line. If I'm just saying that Le'Veon Bell could probably run for fucking 700 yards a game behind that, that healthy Dallas line. Anyway, I don't want to hear anything about I don't, I, let's just, let's just move on because I'm going to start to get sweaty again. The Seahawks played him and then Jamal Adams cracks him back for 15 yards. Yeah, bro. I honestly, my root for Seattle in that game. I'm so scared for week 12. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's going to be All right, fucking let's, terrible. Let's get off of the NFL because fuck the Jets, okay? Let's move let's, to another team that has played fucking shitty lately. Yeah. Um, we're going to go over the uh, MLB playoff matchups, kind of give predictions and what to expect. Um, also, wanted to preface this by saying, if you guys check out our predictions before the season started, we also didn't realize there was going to be a pandemic that happened. So we didn't know that there was going to be a wild card series and everything. So... For the most part, I'd say Peter and I had some pretty good predictions. The only thing that I kind of fucked up on was that the Mets were going to go far. They didn't make it at all. And the only thing that you fucked up on was uh, there was one team you said. What was it? You said I one I was, team. I think I was actually pretty good with most of my picks. Uh, did you say Pittsburgh was going to make it, though? Or you said <laughs> No. What the hell? What the fuck? You had one bad pick. Nah, I, I really don't think I had a bad pick. And so I'm, that's I'm, not, me. That's not me being cocky. I just think I didn't have a bad pick. All right, then I'm the only one. Um, But – Overall, I think we did it pretty good, but let's just break it down. Um, I'm going to start with the AL. Is that okay? Actually, we'll do the NL first. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the Dodgers and the Brewers. I don't want to break – I don't want to go too far into it. We could just break it down very quickly. Um, the Brewers are the luckiest team in baseball. They should – they're not a playoff team. They don't deserve to be in this series. They're just a product of the pandemic season. The Dodgers are going to wipe the floor with the Brewers. They have no pitching I, staff, nothing. I literally have nothing to add to that. The only thing that excites me about that team is Christian Yelich, who hasn't even really done much. And who has played like shit this year. That's what I'm saying. So uh, move on to the next series. Dodgers, I think, sweep them, like yeah. without a doubt. And yeah. are they playing in L.A.? Or I'm, No, 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 they're not. Where are they playing? Yeah, they're playing in L.A. All the home all, all the home teams play the entire the series w- at home for yeah. this one. Yeah. There's no shot the Brewers win. Okay. No, no way. Um, San Diego and St. Louis. This one's intriguing. Just going to say interesting series. I don't think San Diego, like, is guaranteed to go to the next round in this one, although mm-hmm. I do say they have a slight edge 
because they are home, A, even though it's not making yeah. a big deal, they're comfortable playing there. And mm-hmm. B, I just don't see St. Louis's pitching really like doing it for me. Yeah, behind Jack Flaherty, the St. Louis doesn't really have too and much. He hasn't really. What has he done for me this year? He's played. He's pitched okay, but that's like, I don't know, dude. There's so many good pitchers this year that haven't really even p- pitched that well. But I just think honestly, like San Diego's pitching overmatches, like you said, to credit to you, St. Louis. I mean, you have. You know, you have Paddock, you have Clevenger, you have Denilson, Lament. You know what I'm saying? That's all you need. It's just a three-game series. And if it goes to three games, those are three better pitchers than I think St. Louis has. To add to San Diego, too, this is the most important series in them, for them, in my opinion, for the whole postseason. They get off to a really hot start, they could fucking win the whole thing. So this is yeah. a huge series. I, I think that this goes to three games, but I think San Diego takes it. Yeah, but I'm very interested to watch this, though. Um, St. Louis is a good team, though. It's not yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Miami and Chicago. Honestly, if a team was to lose to the Marlins, it would be Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so true. That is absolutely true. But I think uh, Chicago ends up doing it. What? Nah, bro. That front, that starting three rotation has literally turned back the clock, bro. Look at how old, bro. We are in for like. Remember how bad Chicago was when we were younger? Yeah. That's what we're in for very soon because this roster is getting very old. But they're What's good with Chris Bryant, yo. I don't know. I don't know, bro. His career, but they're they're um, top three pitchers of you, Darvish, John Lester, and Kyle Hendricks are gonna <laughs> thoroughly outmatch Miami. Yeah, Miami is so shit. I don't know this how. Game, this might go to three games though because Sixto Sanchez looks awesome. And I, no one has touched Sixto Sanchez yet. He might be a little nervous because yeah, it's playoffs, they really, but they really have their their bullpen is atrocious, yo. Yeah, no, it's like, bad. Everyone has like above five ERA in the yeah. Pen. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, like Sixto is in lights out. He might surprise them maybe in game one, but overall, the Cubs have a great bullpen too. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see the Cubs having a problem now. Yeah, this one I wanted to talk about. This is a fucking the best one in the whole national now. League. First of all, shout out you. Okay, I'll do. I'll, I'll do. I'll do the honors. Um, you called. I didn't know they were going to make the postseason this year, um, just because they kind of started off a little slow. I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. They have one of the best rosters in this. In this yes, they do. Like, yes, they on do. On both sides of the field. Okay, yes, their rotation is fucking filthy, and they have the most like some of the best depth. I don't know if that's the way to say it. Yeah. In terms of the lineup, like. Yeah. Bro, the Reds are filthy. So shout out Peter for predicting them even making the postseason in the first place when they absolutely played like shit, okay, the year before. But the, yeah, the Braves are the Braves. But I'm be honest with you, if I had to make a pick on this one, I'm going Cincinnati. I'm riding your pick. I'm going Cincinnati as well, only because I jacked their dicks like crazy. No, I'm just, but um, no, I like Cincinnati in this only because their pitching matches up better than Atlanta. I feel like they are filthy. You know. Max Freed, who's arguably been the best pitcher for Atlanta so far, is coming off of a – he left his last start early. He's had, had a little bit of injury problems. Their bullpen's not that great, and we all know that Cincinnati could hit the absolute shit out of the baseball. Yeah. But to, to Atlanta's credit, they can too. Mm-hmm. But when you come up against Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, and Sonny Gray in three games – that's not looking too good for you. This is a great series, bro, like inside and out. Uh, I think obviously Cincinnati has the pitching advantage. The problem is Atlanta has a good lineup, but they're too close for it to be um, 
this was such a shitty matchup for the Braves, you know? Yeah. Like, like the Braves have consistently been one of baseball's best teams this year, and they might be out in the first round because of just who they drew. Yeah, I agree. It's just a bad matchup for Atlanta, in my opinion. I would say the same thing. I think Cincinnati wins. Um, We'll move on to the AL, unless you have anything else to say. No, let's go on to uh, Tampa and Toronto. Yeah, Tampa, Toronto. um, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. I would just go with Tampa winning overall. I'm going with Toronto only Mm. because, you know, you know me. I love the. I might be dead, absolutely, extremely dead wrong with this, but I just think that Toronto has Tampa's number in a way that New York never had Tampa's number. You know what I mean? Like, if we want to get into that, I don't even want to talk about the Yankees in the series. Has nothing to do with them, but. I don't know. There's just something about Toronto that, like, they remind me of the AL's version of San Diego. They're not as electric, but if they get hot, they could ride this thing. I swear to God, they could ride this thing all the way to the end. And I know that sounds crazy because it's the Toronto Blue Jays, but anything could happen in the series. You look at this playoff bracket, and you're like, what the fuck happened over here? You know what I mean? Like, Blue Jays win, it's going to remind me of um... – I mean, if Bill Farr is going to remind me of the 2017 Yankees when they made it to the ALCS, yeah. it's supposed to be a rebuilding year. That's what I'm saying. Like, Toronto, I don't – like, they have good pitching, but they don't. They have a good lineup, but they don't. They don't have a good bullpen, but they do. Like, it's so, it's like – Bro, it's like, yeah, this is, like, the perfect year for them because, like, they will be good in a couple of years. But, like, it's just so weird that they're actually, like, pretty decent now. I think that they take this all the way to the end, and I honestly see them beating them in three games. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't. I'm gonna take the safe pick and take Tampa. I see. Thanks for yawning her into the mic, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just gonna go Tampa with the safe pick here. I think they've been the best team and one of the best teams in the AL. I do see Toronto pulling it off though. Like it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I, like I said, I could be dead wrong. To, to Tampa could destroy the the Blue Jays, or I could look like a fucking genius. So either way, um, it's a risk I'm willing to take. Okay, okay. Uh, let's move on to our um, most anticipated series, the Yankees and Cleveland. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, it really scares me because of Shane Bieber. Um, it's going to be a tough series for the Yankees. If they play like they've played the last couple of weeks, they're losing. <laughs> but uh, it's in Cleveland. That scares me a little bit. Um, I'm just going to say Cleveland's winning the series regardless. Wow. You look at the pitching matchups, it does not look good. Yeah, after Garrett Shane Cole. Bieber, no, look, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber, if, if the Yank, the only way that the Yankees, obviously, this is so obvious to say, but the Yankees don't have a shot unless they beat Shane Bieber because then you have, they, they're historically bad against Carlos Carrasco, who's pitching in game two, and Zach Plasek had a 2.38 ERA this year in game three. So it's not looking good at all for the Yankees and the Yankees strike out like nobody's business. And you, you, they're limping into the playoffs. Giancarlo Stanton couldn't hit fucking water if he was standing on the beach. Aaron Judge looks like a shell of his former self from earlier on this year. Gary, don't even get me started about Gary Sanchez. Aaron Hicks had more walks than hits this year. The only two people, this team is a 15-game under 500 team without Luke Voigt and DJ LeMayhew. I'm just, I'm, they, they would have no business in the playoffs this year if it wasn't for those two guys and Garrett Cole getting hot at the end of the year. No, I agree. They're going to have to have the- Their bullpen has been terrible this year. Adam Adovino looks like a terrible contract. 
Zach Britton has clearly lost something. Araldus Chapman is just headhunting this year. Like, we don't know what's going on. Like, the Yankees do not deserve to go anywhere in this postseason. I, they just don't. Like, to me, as a Yankee fan, I – like, this is going to sound so spoiled. I would not be thrilled if the Yankees wound up winning this whole thing because there are so many more teams. I could literally count – what is there, 16 teams here? I could probably count about 10 other teams that, that deserve to win the World Series more than the Yankees this year. I agree. I, I think if they get really hot like they what we've seen, they have a chance to make a run. If they play like they've been playing against Miami and the whole season pretty much, they can't get cold at all. That's what – they're relying on momentum just like the Padres. Yeah. So – and they it's need just, to, go ahead. It's, it, no, I was just going to say, like, they're obviously outclassed when it comes to pitching. And this is their kryptonite, bro. You got guys who have filthy stuff, who throw two-seam high and in fastballs. Who's your top three strikeout guys in the Yankees? It's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge. Um, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez and John Stanton. What's their kryptonite? High and in fastball, low and away slider. Now, and you have three guys that could literally pitch like that in this series. That game starts on Tuesday. We'll see what I mean happens. I'm not optimistic yeah, at no, all. <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, I think it's winnable, though, but it's not easy. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll move on to the Twins-Houston series. I think the Twins take it. It's pretty Twins. For me. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, don't care about, I don't care about the Astros. If you sit to, if look at the statistics from all players on the Astros, like over the last four years, their averages have all decreased. Like mostly every player on the team, including Bregman, Correa, Tuve, Reddick, like all of them. Um, and last one, Oakland and Chicago. Again, the last this is the most intriguing. They're both the when you look at the last. I was just gonna say it's the sides, most intriguing series. Yeah. Um, Oakland is one of the best teams in the AL, like without a doubt. Okay, yeah. they are filthy. I don't get how. I really don't because their pitching leaves so much to be desired that it's like, how the fuck did they even win the games that they did? Which is crazy. I mean, Liam Hendricks, but he's a closer. Liam Hendricks has been light lights out this year. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, he only pitches an inning. You pointed out something. Shout out to you. You, yeah. Bob Melvin is a great, he knows how to win. You're definitely right about that. Like there's just some managers that know how to win. Bob Melvin is one of them. You pointed out something to me the other day that I kind of like caught whiff of, but you really opened my eyes to it was that, you know, the White Sox really don't hit that well besides for Jose Abreu. Yeah. And they're, it's funny because they, I noticed that the day everyone's talking about Luis Robert and um, I named them. I'm, I'm, Eloy Jimenez, Yon Moncada. Yes. Mm. Like stars, young stars they're making. A bunch of them batting like 240 <laughs> or yeah, lower. Robert's batting like 228, dude. Like you really, oh, like, you know why? Because we watch highlights and we follow MLB on Instagram and it makes them look like they're batting 700. But the only one that's really been like dominant this year is Jose Abreu, who's hitting, yeah. who probably could win MVP. So, yeah. Uh, if I had to predict, I'm, I would I'm, say Oakland. I'm picking Oakland only because they're playing in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, nothing more to it. I think the White Sox could win, but. Like yeah, this isn't like I said, dude. The the two bottom series on both sides of the bracket are the hardest to predict. I I do think, like I said, I think it goes to three games, only because um, the White Sox have a better rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, the the White Sox could start. You know, what I'm saying they got Giolito, they have Keuchel. You know, what I'm saying they have Garrett Crochet coming out of the bullpen. Like they have a decent, they have Alex Colome as well. Like they could make some noise, and they could be. You know, like the Padres, who if they get hot, they could just ride everything to the end. But I don't really see it happening. I think that 
this is a great first step for those young players, but they don't have any experience whatsoever. And this is a very experienced, very well kept together Oakland team. So they know exactly what to do in this situation. I agree. That is going to be an incredible series. Though. If those young stars could hit like they like, like we would think they could hit, then I think the White Sox could take it. But um, if they're sluggish and they're throwing in like Edwin and Carson and Edwin and Carnacion playoff time again, then it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to say something real quick before we move on to the Yankees topic that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a minute left in the game and Miami's probably advancing to the finals right now. So if you want to, they're up 119 to 106 um, with a minute left. So if you want a reaction on the Miami Heat, uh, Los Angeles Lakers um, finals, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, Lakers in six. Yeah, I'm actually happy Miami won. I, I really thought they deserved it. So um, congratulations. Lakers in six. Jimmy Butler is a great, a great story. That team is going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. I'll tell you what, but it's just LeBron's year, bro. They upset LeBron now. Oh my God. He'll never hear the end of it. (laughs) Um, All right, let's move on. We got two more things going here. Um, Yeah, real quick. uh, YJ hat might be a key for the 2020 Yankees World Series. Um, I'll let you handle this one, but I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Going into the season, I thought he wasn't going to be this good, but he seems like he's best one of the best pitchers. Yeah, um, he's first off, he's the Yankees' most consistent pitcher. Um, I think that's prevalent. Um, you know, three forty-seven ERA. He started off horrendously, by the way. His first two outings were god awful, and then the rest of his. I think he pitched nine outings and eight or nine outings after that, and he was tremendous the rest of the way. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, like in, in a season where, you know, if you have one or two bad outings, your ERA might be ballooned for the rest of the season. His ERA after his second start was 10-29, and he ended with a 347. So that, you know what I'm saying? That tells you how, how good he pitched down the stretch. I just think that J-Hap has a distinct um, trait, and J-Hap's distinct trait is that he pitches really well to right-handed batters, which makes no sense whatsoever because he's a left-handed pitcher. And I just think with all the switch hitting and all the right-handed power bats that Cleveland has, if it gets, because J-Hap's probably going to pitch game three. So it's probably going to be Cole, Tanaka, and then Hap, which, God, that sounds awful. But, um, you know, Tanaka's actually historically been a very good pitcher for the Yankees in the postseason. Um, J-Hap has not. But I think that his skill set and his pitch selection – could play to an advantage against a team like the Indians if it gets to a third game because he doesn't really uh, – he gave up eight home runs this year, but four of them were in the first two games. So if you think about it, over his last nine starts, he gave up six home runs, which isn't that great, but it's not that terrible. And in a ballpark like Cleveland, where the ball doesn't really fly out that much, He's more of a fly ball pitcher. And I just think that his stuff plays really well to the team. You know, you've got guys like Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, uh, what, Fran Mil Reyes, you know, Fran Mil, you know, like you got Roberto Perez. Like they have a lot of good right-handed hitters, but I just think that they could be neutralized in a game three with Jay Hat. I don't disagree with you at all. I think he's going to be like a little secret weapon for the Yankees. And he's proven that he's not, He's, he, the Yankees have seemed to rely on him, and it's kind of funny in a weird way because you went in and mm-hmm. he was a liability, but now it looks like everyone else is a liability. And you're dealing with guys like Garcia and like Clark Schmidt, who we don't know and how, how they're going to be in the postseason. They're still young, they're still growing. 
So I think Jay have like a, a veteran is going to have to carry the load. Yeah. Yeah. His stuff just translates really well to pitching to fly. But like if the, if game, th- we wouldn't even be having this conversation if game three was in Yankee stadium because he's a fly ball pitcher, you know? No, I agree. And, and, you know, you hit a pop up to second base and it's in the second deck in, in Yankee stadium. So, you know, his game translates well to Cleveland He's 37 years old. He's been there before. He's won a World Series. He knows what it takes. Been in multiple ALCSs. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he might be the perfect third pitcher against a young, hungry team like the Indians. I agree. I have nothing more to say, honestly. I, I really hope the Yankees win. <laughs> so, even though it's not looking too good. But we'll see what happens with that. They play on Tuesday. Um, the Indians, Yankees, Cleveland. Yes, hosts, sir. And I believe it's – time to be announced um last topic yeah. i'll let my nhl insider call we're calling him up on the phone he's getting ready yeah um the first thing i want to say update, yes. literally what i said last week looks like an extremely cold take because i said that the dallas stars would not have a problem with the tampa bay lightning and granted on paper it did look like <laughs> That was going to be true, but Tampa has just come out like gangbusters. I think John Cooper knows that his job is on the line if they don't win the Stanley Cup. Uh, The series right now is three games to two in favor of Tampa. Now I will say I'm still sticking with Dallas only because I don't change picks. I was going to say you already picked them. I don't don't change picks. And not only that, if Dallas comes out and – beats the lightning in game six there's no way that they're losing game seven i predicted tampa bay i'm just letting you know right now before this game goes on i said yeah. because they need to win and because they've lost so much and always came in as favorites and two i said their jerseys are the most fire jerseys so, they do have they do have nice jerseys but but you're um, in terms of hockey we'll go you might be right i just don't think they choke to be honest with you another year uh, only one game away peter it's such a yeah well you know Golden State Warriors were one game away as well. You know, we we've had a couple three one collapses. The Yankees were up three nothing against the Red Sox in in two thousand four. Fuck yeah! So you know, stranger things have happened. But <clears throat> I you know I I just think that Dallas it sucks because I do think that Dallas is a better skating team, and I think overall they're just more physical and they they just want it more. But you know, it just proves that sometimes skill and talent does. You know, it, it does translate better than grittiness, hard work, defensive hockey. And that's what we're seeing so far. You know, you guys, like, I mean, shit. Steven Stamkos coming back for game three was huge for Tampa Bay. Him coming back from that injury and playing and scoring in game three was inspirational for Tampa. And that might ride them straight to the cup. But I just think that they got a little deflated, a two overtime. Uh, loss, you know, double overtime loss in game five. You know what I'm saying? It's that, like, there's no pressure, believe it or not, on on Dallas right now. You know what I'm saying? You're in a losing position, but all the pressure's on them to finish. You know what I'm saying? You're down, you know what I mean? Like, and they historically are not good finishers. So it's... Now you you bring up a good point. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for game six and I'm just going to say I'm excited for game seven too. Okay. 
nice little uh, sneak peek there from our NHL correspondent, Peter Andrasani, coming straight from the Canadian border. Um, <laughs> straight from Al- Edmonton, Alberta. Yes. Um, what was that dude's name who used to work for ESPN? I think he still does it. He's such a... Bar- um, Barry, I was going to say... Um, Barry something. Oh, gonna, Barry Melrose. Yes, shout out Barry. I was going to say Barry Manilow, but he's not a Grammy award-winning singer. So, just <laughs> always watch Barry Melrose give the NHL breakdowns. All right. Honestly, I think that was a long ass episode 21. I'm that was. I feel like I didn't come out with the heat that I normally come out no, with. No, you didn't and I'm really disappointed in you, but no, just kidding. I'm pretty I feel like shit, but honestly, it's no excuse. Episode 22 couldn't come sooner enough. Everyone keep listening. I just wanted to plug us real quick. Um go to Go to our YouTube first and foremost and watch the interview that we just did with Brandon Fitzgerald. Amazing stuff. Please go to our Instagram and follow us at TTL Sports WW and Twitter at TTL Sport One. And I don't really have much, but all I'm saying is for next week's episode, we have a fat one in store for you considering it's week four of the NFL. The Stanley Cup will be over. The MLB playoffs will have begun and the NBA finals will have just started. So until next time, Peter, I'll let you do what you do best and I'm out of here. He's been a brilliant man today, even though he's had a cold. Um, for those of you who are listening and not watching, that on the top right there you can't see is Matthew Garber. Me on the bottom, who you cannot see, is the one and only Peter Anderson, even though I'm Peter Anderson the third. And until next time, good.